Coming up, I'm going to teach you how to be radically confident and then the education industry now at the highest risk of layoffs this year. We'll break all of that down and so much more. You're ready. I'm ready. Let's go. So how do you become radically confident? We're going to dive into that today. I'm here to help you win at work so that you're winning at life. And I can tell you this, after after talking to now over 5,000 people live on the air, taking their questions, talking to hundreds more at live events, at the root of all of the questions in this space where I'm helping people discover and do work that they love, what they were born to do, I can tell you the root of every question I get ultimately is confidence. And I would not have told you that a couple of years ago. But I've now gotten to the point, having done this for a long time, that I can tell you if there was one thing and only one thing I could give to every woman, every man, that listens to my show, watches my show, comes to see me speak live, reads my book, if there was just one thing, I could only give one thing to my kids, one thing, it would be confidence. Confidence is a superpower. Now, I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm not talking about delusion. I'm talking about a gut-level of confidence to say, I know who I am. I know why that I am the way that I am. I know who I want to be, why I want to be that. I know where I want to do this. Whatever it is, confidence is a superpower, and we all need it because we lose it so often. I struggle. Who gives a crap that I'm a two-time best-selling author, that I've got a national show, that I, I'm going to go to New York later this week and I'll be on Fox News? Yeah. Who gives a crap about all of that? It doesn't make me impenetrable. It doesn't make me a guy who just wakes up every day with a ton of confidence. There are days where I wake up where I don't have confidence in areas. My goodness, I've been married almost 25 years. I, sometimes I'm not very confident as a husband. I don't do things right. I got three teenagers. Good heavens. You want to lose confidence fast? Try to parent teens. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to figure it out. They're trying to figure life out. So I just want to point this out that confidence is something that we all need on a daily basis. And some days we've got it. An extra. Some days we got to find it. So I was thinking, when did I first become aware of confidence and what did it look like? Because I think this is kind of funny, but I think it really sets the tone for this conversation. And and for me as a kid, I remember the first time I saw confidence in, in, in its warped way, but really confident uh, actions. And it was on television watching wrestling, you know, the fake professional wrestling stuff. It's basically soap opera with giant guys in very little clothing. And, and I'll never forget, I was a kid, and, and, and I'm older now, so so like for me growing up, it was Andre the Giant, and, and, and the ultimate confident guy was Hulk Hogan. 
Hulk Hogan wore these bright yellow bikini briefs with Hulkamania written on this on his tail end. And he'd do this crazy gesture where he would, you know, uh, speak to the masses in these giant arenas. And he'd say, come on, I want to hear you. And he'd go like this, and, and the crowd would respond. And then I think probably now, like, the biggest star that's come out of wrestling certainly is, is The Rock. Now he's a big-time action hero. Look at the guy, the people's eyebrow there. They've got a picture on the screen for those of you not watching. And when you think about radical confidence, I think of The Rock. They walk out all oiled up and sweaty, basically wearing a Speedo and knee pads. Is there anybody else on the planet that could pull off wearing a Speedo with knee pads than these professional wrestlers? I mean, if I put that on right now, I'd get arrested for indecency. So here they come. And they run into the arena and they control 50,000 rednecks while dancing and prancing and jumping about in a Speedo with knee pads. Now that's confidence. If you can do that and make a bunch of redneck guys scream for you, you've pulled something off. That's radically confident. So how can you get that kind of confidence? Let me tell you what The Rock and any of those characters, I could have chosen any number of wrestlers, but let me tell you what they've pulled off there. The Rock was very clear on who his character was. I'm sure some writers helped him inform that character, and he played into it as well with the eyebrow and the people's elbow and all that nonsense. I can't even, I'm so ashamed that I know all these things. But he was playing a character, and he knew his character was. You know what The Rock did? He fully committed to being that person. And it worked. He was fully committed. He knew who he, knew who he was supposed to be, and he said, I'm going to go all in, and he became one of the most popular wrestlers of all time and now a big action hero. So how can those of you who lack confidence, how can you get it, and then how do you get it back when you lose it? This is what I'm going to teach, and it's really simple. This is a game changer for anybody of any age. How do you get confidence? How do you get it back when you lose it? First, get clear on you. Do you know why so many people in today's world aren't confident? It's because they don't know who they really are. They may have an idea, but Instagram or TikTok or uh, Snapchat or whatever media source or who they're hanging out with or who they want to hang out with has informed what they think they want to be. And oh my goodness, and this is not just a teenage young person thing. People of all ages struggle with. There are people that are in their 50s, 60s, and 70s that have lived a life of great regret because they never discovered who they uniquely are. We talk about on the show all the time. You come into this world hardwired with things you do well. That's talent. You come into this world hardwired to have a heart that beats and gets excited about things that maybe other people don't get excited about. And then we all come into this world with a desire to make a difference, to contribute something to the world, to make the world a better place. You can't fake that. That's just who you are. So you got to get clarity on who you are. Who do you want to be? Why do you want to be that? Where can you do it? Get clear on who you are, who you want to be, and why you want to be that. Then you got to get clarity on your destination 
Where do I want to end up professionally? What's that mountaintop I want to climb? Then you got to get clarity on the path to that destination. In other words, how to climb up that mountain. And then finally, you got to get clear on the challenges that will come your way on that path. So let me review this. You want to get confidence? Get clear on how you are uniquely designed. Number two, get clear on where you want to be professionally and personally in your life. Look 30 years down the line. Get a vision for it. Then you got to get clear. It's the mountain I want to climb. It's the life I want to live. And so I got to figure out how to get there. And then finally, I got to get clear on the challenges along the path. It's breakthrough. And I can help you. Coming up next, one of the most exciting announcements I've ever made. You don't want to miss it. Don't move. That's coming up. Helping you get unstuck so that you can become unstoppable in your life. And what I mean by unstoppable is just you're a person that cannot be discouraged to the point where you say, I quit, I'm done. I don't mean unstoppable in this kind of goofy, motivational, speaker, creepy, cheesy way. I just mean you aren't going to quit, therefore... You are unstoppable. And folks, I'm very excited. I've been holding on to this for two or three months. And so I want you to pay attention. If you if you like this show and, 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 and it's been encouraging you, uh, what if I came to a city near you and we got in a really cool theater, somewhere between 250, 300 seats, and we just opened it up for your questions and I'm right there in the middle of the crowd and we're just going to have a good old time of helping you get over those hurdles. We're calling it career breakthrough and it is coming to kansas city chicago and atlanta and one other city that we hope to announce uh later this week what are we talking about well for those of you who've been listening watching this show and you need that little extra juice you need that camaraderie you need to be in a a, a room full of other men and women who are wanting more from their life this is your event. If you feel stuck, I can tell you you're not stuck. You've chosen to stay put because you're afraid something bad is going to happen or you don't believe that something good is going to happen or you th- you care more about what other people think than what you believe about yourself. Fear, doubt, pride. And I've dealt with them all, and we're going to come to you. and we're gonna, I'm going to speak, and then we're going to open it up to questions. It's going to be great. It's called the uh, Career Breakthrough Event And here's where we're coming. Kansas City, April 20th. Chicago, May 16th. Atlanta, May 18th. Kansas City, April 20th. Chicago, May 16th. Atlanta, May 18th. And I've picked out all these venues myself. These are super cool, very intimate, cool vibe. And we're going to have an absolute blast. I'm going to speak my guts out. And then we're going to take every question we can get to. And I'm going to love on you. And I'm going to encourage you just like I do on this show. Now, here's the deal. Uh, your basic ticket starts at just 50 bucks. KenColeman.com slash events. KenColeman.com slash events. We've got a couples deal, two tickets for 75 And then we have a VIP $100 ticket where you could come early and we hang out before everybody else gets there and do some, uh, some really fun, low-key 
Q&A there. Uh, everybody that comes gets an assessment to get clear assessment to use for themselves or to give away. Uh, the VIP includes books and some special time, and everybody's going to get their book signed if you stay after the event. So there you go. Tickets started just 50 bucks. KenColeman.com slash events. I think these are going to sell out pretty quick. Uh, that is certainly my hope because we want a smaller venue so that we have a greater time together and it doesn't feel like this big event where you're like way in the back of the room and I'm talking at you. We're going to hang out with you. So check it out, KenColeman.com slash events today. All right. A uh, couple of stories to get to, and this is concerning. Uh, as fate would have it, I got a bunch of uh, students out in the lobby. Great looking group out there uh, with their teachers and uh, chaperones. This is very interesting. The education industry is at the highest risk for layoffs over the next six months. This is a Fox Business article I hold in my hands. A survey of 600 chief financial officers uh, that were surveyed by COPA, a cloud-based management platform, found that 100% of chief financial officers in the education sector, so that would be private, public, uh, you name it, responded with, we plan to reduce our workforce if a recession hits. So I want to point out that I don't do fear mongering on this show. I warn you when I feel I need to warn you. And every other time I'm just informing you. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm very confident based on what I'm hearing from big time CEOs who are crunching the numbers and they're looking at long-term projections. I don't think we're going to hit a bad recession this year or next. I don't. Now that can all change. But as it sits today, I'm just telling you, stop clutching your pearls and biting your nails or whatever it is you do. Uh, we still have a very strong workforce economy right now. Okay? And I know you're hearing about layoffs, but again, that's about stock prices. So everybody relax. E-learning company Udemy cut 10% of its workforce in Seattle public schools prepare for layoffs under a $130 million budget deficit. So you're going to see stories like this in the education sector. Does not mean that all these layoffs are going to happen, but it means if there's a, a, a decent recession, they may make these cuts. Zipia also did a study throughout the educational services industry. And their data shows 3.88 million people worked in education services in January of this year. Again, that's comprising teachers from elementary all the way up to college professors to workers um, in technical schools and other schools along with any kind of support workers. So we're looking at the education industry, which is not limited to public schools. This is also including higher ed, college professors, and administrators. Now, here's what's interesting. This is on the heels of data that we've reported on the show recently that shows that college enrollment is down, including community college enrollment, which, again, is no surprise because you've got a lot of kids and a lot of parents kind of paying attention to what's going on, and the pandemic hits, and so they send everybody home, but then they keep charging you the same amount of tuition. Then these kids are looking at their older siblings or they're looking at their parents and they're going, you know what, I could go get a four-year degree that I can't afford. i got to go get student loans to do it. And now I'm in massive debt and I don't need the degree to get hired anyway. 
So college is losing the public relations battle. Because for decades and decades and decades in this country, it is, oh, you got to go to college or you're a loser. These kids are waking up. I, I shared a story, I think, last week on this show. Kid in Washington State goes to welding and ironworking school where he's in the classroom two days a week, on the job three days a week. He's one year out of high school, and he's making $48,000 a year. He expects to make 55000 next year. That kid ain't a loser, folks. So, very interesting to see the education ROI, return on investment, how it's affecting jobs. All right. I got time to cover this really quick. All right. Let's go ahead. I want to play this. This is increasingly happening in the world. This is a viral TikTok from a teacher who quit her job and went to Costco. Watch this. I used to be a teacher. Now I work at Costco. This is my first ever year not having a winter break. And how do I feel? I feel great. Just worked Christmas Eve. Here's some cookies. Also, my manager gave me this cute Costco backpack. <gasps> and um, yeah, I just, I mean, I just worked seven days straight, including Christmas Eve, and I feel fine. As a teacher, it was like, like I was just surviving every moment. And that by the time I got to Christmas break, I was so exhausted that I was literally sick. So yeah, feels pretty good to not be a teacher at this time. I can elaborate more if people are genuinely interested. I've been working retail for this full season in my first year not teaching, and I've never had this type of energy or everything is better. I can't believe that I ever felt so limited that I ever thought that I couldn't do something else. I am better now than I have been in my livable memory. That video went viral. Maggie Perkins is the teacher, but here's the sad thing. She told Stuart Varney on Fox News that she had a love for teaching. It was the other parts of the job that caused her to be overwhelmed and in turn burn out. And you hear her described about being sick. You know why she was sick and to the point of being burned out? Because she couldn't teach. Administrators and politicians have created an environment. It's not administrators, sorry. It's politicians have created an environment where administrators have very little options. And they're piling more and more and more on these teachers and they can't do the thing that they love, the thing that they showed up to do, which is love on kids and instruct them. This is a problem. Congress, your governor, your state senator and legislator, your school board members, all your local politicians are responsible for this. This is a dumpster fire, and we got teachers leaving because they can't do it anymore. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Ken Coleman Show, where our goal is singular. To help you discover and do the work that you were created to do. Where you're making money and experiencing meaning. That's the twofer, and that'll take away the nasty feeling on Monday. So there you go. If you enjoy the show and you're watching via YouTube, would you please subscribe? We are growing. And your subscription helps us with all of those algorithms. And uh, share an episode, a clip, uh, or a short. And then if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, give us a five-star review and a follow, shall you? Would you? Please? Uh, we're growing. 
it's kind of feel like Jeb Bush when he ran for president, and he goes, please clap. Uh, but the, the, the team tells me to do this, so there it is. So that would help us grow, and we appreciate that. Also, uh, if you're new to the program or you've been listening for a while and you feel like I still don't have that self-awareness, Ken, that gives me the clarity I need to be confident, I'm telling you, 30 bucks and 15 minutes could change your life. It's the Get Clear Career Assessment that measures the three areas that I talk about all the time, what you do best, what you love to do, and what motivates you. Those three pieces of information together, woo! You're clear, you're confident, and you're courageous. Go to kencoleman.com slash assessment. Get a purpose statement with that as well. That's all filled out with your answers. kencoleman.com slash assessment. kencoleman.com slash assessment. Amy's up in Wichita, Kansas. Amy, you're on the Ken Coleman Show. Hi, Ken. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. What's going on? Well, I'm in a real uh, upsetting situation. Um, I had an altercation on Friday with a coworker that I've not gotten along with for the past three years. Oh, no. I've gone to HR. Yeah, I've gone to HR um, one other time. What happened? I had asked her a question, and I got a really tense response, and she was acting really cold towards me all day, so I knew something was going on. And instead of going to my boss to complain, I thought I would be an adult and have a conversation with her, and I approached her, and I said, you know, I'm getting a lot of negative kind of energy off of you right now. Is there something that you would like to talk about? And she started screaming at me. She was sitting down at first. She approached me. She was screaming at the top of her lungs. She had her fist on her side. She slammed the fist on the desk. She lunged at me where I thought she was going to hit me in the face and was screaming at me to shut up. And it made me feel really unsafe. And I feel like my employer is not doing everything they can to make me feel Mm. in a safe environment. And it's just become really toxic with this coworker. I don't know why she, she has so much animosity towards me, but this has just been going on for. Did anybody else see this, this, uh, her losing her mind like a toddler? No, actually, but she did confess to it. So our stories do line up. She did admit to it. So what is leadership saying about this? Well, my impression is that my employer is trying to sweep it under the rug. Um, I was really disappointed in the way that he handled it. Um, he was kind of flippant about it and just didn't have, it didn't feel like he was very compassionate to the situation. So she's um, not, she's not going to be, she's not going to be penalized. She's not going to be reprimanded. Nothing's going to happen. I don't know. Um, he told me, he's like, I can't tell you what I do, but I got the impression he wasn't going to do anything. So I reached out to our county HR and I sent several weekend emails over the weekend and I was actually waiting for them to call. I called in sick today cause I, I'm not going to go back there until I kind of know. I just don't, I don't feel safe there anymore. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, if there's not a swift and clear response you're absolutely moving on. Because here, here's what I know about a healthy company. A healthy company has leadership that would handle this with absolute clarity. And it would not be waiting around. It would be dealt with immediately. Okay? And I'm not an HR expert. 
So there are there are nuances, there are rules, there are things that that companies have to do, and every company's different. So they may not be able to tell you everything, but they could have made it and could still make it very very clear that this will never happen again. Um, and if anything remotely, I mean, this would be dealt with. Um, and it doesn't feel like it's being dealt with. And I think it's going to be pretty obvious pretty soon. Now, I would also tell you switching hats from advisor to just the, the, the uh, president of Amy's fan club. Um, until you, unless you have the financial freedom to walk, I would get back in there and I just would, I would just ignore her. I would literally give her the silent treatment. I wouldn't even acknowledge that she was on the planet for the amount of time it takes for you to replace this job. Now, if you have the financial wherewithal to walk, go ahead and walk. Once you once you get clarity. I didn't think so. So what I want you yeah. to do is is we got to take the we got to be mature. You're dealing with a coworker who is a toddler. So, we're not going to act like a toddler. We're not going to give the toddler any power. My kids tried that crap early on. I just didn't give it any power at all. It was dealt with. It was dealt with. And I also ignored that junk. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's what maturity does. An adult doesn't let the toddler dictate what's happening. I'm not going to sink to the level of the toddler. So don't sink to her level. But you, you need to get back in there. Take your sick day today, but you need to. So, what you know what you're doing today? You're searching for jobs. You're talking to everybody you know. Hey, here's what I'm looking for, and and you are going to take power, and you are not going to be a victim. You are going to walk out of this thing victorious, victory over the toddler bully girl lady in your office. Which, by the way, I have a slight bit of compassion for her too because she's hurting. It's not okay what she mm-hmm. did, but I can also tell you that some that an adult who acts like that is hurting deeply. Again, does not excuse their actions. But you just have to kind of say, you know what? She's going through a lot right now. My heart breaks for her. And, and I'm going to step up, and I'm going to rise above, and I'm going to find a way out because you have a way out. But unless leadership handles this completely differently than they have so far, I would tell you that's your sign and it's okay for you to leave. You got it? Yeah, part of it is the culture. I work in public safety. So the level of professionalism that's is ironic. a different than in, um, yeah. Um, I know. It's different. I know. There's no accountability. There's, there's no accountability. Here you are working in yeah. public safety and you have a woman lunge at you with her fist clenched. I, I, I tell you, I tell you, I, I'll tell you, <laughs> this is meant to be a little, little therapeutic statement for you, Amy, but I'll tell you what I wish I could do on this show. I wish that we could dial up that guy right now, your leader, and I wish I could fire him. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I wish I could quit on your behalf. We've talked about doing this. We'll never do it because I always want people to actually build a bridge and leave well. But part of me just wants to call this idiot up. And we have another job for you already, and I just fire him. I go, Amy is firing you, and I'm firing you. On We're quitting you. 
because you're a horrible leader. You're a weakling. Because let me tell you something, Amy. Weak leaders don't confront problem employees. They don't. They're weak. Now, they're weak for a lot of reasons. I don't know all the reasons here, so I don't want to, you know, I think I've insulted this poor guy enough. But this is terrible leadership. It's horrible leadership. Uh, You see a lot of this in government because everybody's just trying to cover their own you-know-what and not protect the people in the workforce. So, Amy, our time is short here. Now that I know you're in public safety, I have zero faith in government bureaucracies. Because of cover your you know what. That's how they that's how they operate. They don't lead, they cover. So Amy, I'm sorry it happened to you. You're gonna be okay. We start looking today. And you're gonna walk out triumphantly. And you're not gonna burn the bridge. You're just gonna walk away. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Thanks for listening to the Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.